Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for small business owners. MTFW is a production of Rampeg, where we help small businesses become big businesses. Hi everybody, this is Lorraine Ball. And Allison Carter. And this week we're going to talk about shiny toy syndrome. Squirrel. I love looking for squirrels. I love being distracted. Okay, I have a little bit of ADD. Oh, look, there's something new. I have never noticed this about you. <laughs> At least in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, maybe not that <laughs> So, um, although we're kind of poking fun at it, the truth is that shiny toy syndrome is, I think, a part of the makeup of a successful small business owner. To some extent... Okay, so let's talk about the good and how to leverage that, and then let's talk about the bad. Well, you're the small business owner, so how do you think it helps you keep your edge? Okay, so on the good side, um, part of shiny toy syndrome is a, a curiosity about what's new. Um, this passion to tinker with and try new things, like QR codes. Not happening, please refer to the flowchart on your wall, which reads, should I use a QR code? No. But what if? Oh my God, no. Okay, so not everything that I have stumbled across has been worth pursuing. But what Shiny Toy Syndrome lets me do is very quickly look at a lot of alternatives. There's a new technology, a new social media platform. Google Plus, someday it's gonna happen. <laughs> Okay, not every, but, but, but it also allows me to very quickly abandon those things that don't fit, that don't work. I agree with you. I think that curiosity, not just for business owners, but for employees, for interns, I think curiosity is one of the single largest predictors of success. If you're interested in the world around you, if you're always looking to expand your skill set, if you're always looking for something interesting and new and a way to grow and evolve, and even how new technologies can help you evolve your thinking on the technologies you're already using, that's all critical. And so the fact that I'm walking down a street and an idea pops in my head or someone starts to talk about a new platform, it is healthy to carve out time to explore those things. But I think the uh, the key there is carve out time. Yes, it needs to be a dedicated time that does not eat into the activities that you're already pursuing and that you already know work and deliver results. And that's where the downside of shiny toy syndrome comes from. On the one hand, I think um, people sort of launch into something new without figuring out what's going to be involved in supporting it past the first week or two, mm -hmm. and also with no measures of success. Yeah, I mean, how many times have you followed a Twitter account, liked a Facebook page, found a really great blog, gotten a great email newsletter, you get maybe one or two or a week's worth of content, a month's worth, even six months, but then eventually it trails off, sputters, and dies. And I think um, there's two things, um, both I think uh, part of the shiny toy syndrome that, that caused that to happen. The first is people give up right before they see results. Yes. And you know we, we've done, the, done a lot of marketing, social media for different companies, and for us it's kind of the, the four month. Right around month three <laughs> is when a lot of business owners lose their attention. The syndrome starts to kick in, this isn't working, this isn't working, and they stop. 
And it's just at month four that we start to see that residual uptick. And we know that had they stuck with it, it really would have started to pay off for them. Well, amusingly, often, you know, three months in, a customer stops, they cancel the contract, they stop doing content marketing. Month four, more often, in 80% of cases that I've seen, month four is their best traffic month. On their <laughs> website. On yes. their website. Is their highest, is on a website. Social media is a little bit different. Once you stop that, you stop it. But with something like blogging that accrues interest over time, usually it's funny because since month four is so successful, both in terms of conversion submissions, website leads, all of that, they're like, well, see, this proves I didn't need it, which in actuality, it's just proving that it needs time to compound and grow. And that's usually the tipping point. And so I think for business owners, and, and this is anything that you're really starting. Maybe it's a newsletter, maybe it's social media, maybe it's blogging, maybe it's podcasting. On the front end, I think you need to be realistic about how long it's going to take to get it off the ground. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I think that you need to do is have measures in place so you can check and see is it performing. Mm -hmm. And having a realistic expectation. You're not going to get a million followers in month one. Not the kind of followers that you want. <laughs> no. And you're not going to blow up your web traffic. But be realistic that you're go it's going to take time to grow that. Well, I think the other important thing is set a timeline. Say, okay, we're going to try blogging for, I would recommend a year, but let's say you're going to do six months. Whatever happens in those six months, stay the course. Don't get distracted, don't veer off, say I'm gonna give this all we've got for six months, and if I don't see the results that I've clearly outlined and that we're looking for by that time, then I have permission to abandon it, but not before. The, um, the other side of that syndrome, and it kind of ties to that, is just getting bored. Mm. Maybe something was working, but it's hard to keep up. And, and we see this a lot of times, at, sometimes at the six-month mark and sometimes longer. I've seen companies that had successful newsletters for several years mm -hmm. stop doing them. And it's always funny. I'll, I'll talk to the business owner and I'll be like, you know, you used to do a, a newsletter. Yeah, it just got to be too much. Let me ask you something. Did you get leads from it? Yeah. Did, did you get web traffic? Well, yeah. Why are you looking for something new? You already know what works. Well, I mean, I think that there has to be a balance there. To some extent, yes, you don't want to abandon what's tried and true. But on the other hand, you don't want to stick, you don't, you don't just want to blindly keep doing things the way you've always done them because it's the way you've always done them. And yeah, you know, you get a couple calls. You do want to keep pushing, you do want to keep tinkering and experimenting, but that's why it's important to carve out that time and make that your special playtime, your sandbox hour. But you've got to keep up the stuff that you know is working, and then when you start to see results from your playtime, then you can start to taper off or adjust your other activities as needed. Well, and I think also you have to continually watch the results. Um, we've been doing an email newsletter for over 10 years. Mm -hmm. And email newsletters have changed a lot in that time period. 
we don't see the same kind of open rates and results that we saw 10 years ago. That's not really a factor as much of what we're doing as just the fact that more people are doing it now. And so there's a part of me as a business owner that says, well, if everybody else is doing it, maybe I should stop. But what I've learned is continually tweaking it, adjusting the layout, changing the content, brings that interest level back up. And the other thing is I see my competitors starting their newsletters and stopping, mm -hmm. and starting and stopping. And the fact that we have been a consistent presence for 10 years gives tremendous credibility and weight. Is it my single biggest traffic driver the way it was 10 years ago? 